Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Toddcast, The Teacher Podcast, an informative podcast that explores a variety of teaching and educational experiences while still offering insights into improving and upskilling teachers. Join your host, Todd Broadbent, as he explores the wide and varied lives of educators from every sector, exploring fundamental concepts that are pivotal to good teaching, while also discussing the lighter side of the educational sector. Welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. For the 14th episode of the Toddcast, the teacher podcast, I've been lucky enough to interview mass guru Rob Vingerhoots. Rob is an extremely experienced educator who has been in education for around 45 years. Rob has been a teacher, a curriculum coordinator, an assistant principal, a principal, a consultant overseas, an author, and now manages the Rob Vingerhoots Educational Consultancy throughout Australia. Rob is a popular and engaging presenter with hands-on and engaging mass ideas and practices for teachers and students throughout all school settings. Rob essentially believes and teaches to his motto that mass doesn't have to hurt. Throughout this episode, Rob will be sharing his educational journey, his educational thoughts and ideas, a discussion about the Rob Vingerhoots Educational Consultancy, the importance of open-ended learning tasks in numeracy, the biggest issues in numeracy at the moment, strategies on how to improve and develop as a teacher, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Rob. Welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. How are you? <laughs> Good, thanks, Todd. Uh, um, my, I was talking to one of my daughters today and she just thought that was hilarious that it was called the Toddcast. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, um, but you were just born to do them really with, <laughs> with the Todd doing a podcast. The Toddcast had to happen, didn't it? Had to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love a good rhyme as well. So I thought that would just match perfectly. <laughs> oh, listen, I've got to tell you, you know, have you went to this Wordle? No. So this thing, Wordle. Oh, no, okay. So if you some of the audience might be, but it's a word game, it's a challenge, and it's but it's just gets you in. Yeah. Um, but I'm I've I've been doing the number version for ages, but it's not it wasn't called anything, just number mastermind. So I want to come up with the app called Numble. Okay, this is all about letters. So I want to do the, I want to do the maths version, Numble. So yeah, it's so if anybody out there is good at developing an app, let me know. I'm just getting, giving away. Yeah. I'm going to call it to everybody, but yeah. Well, they can get in contact with you and go from there then. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's great to have you on the podcast today. I've been lucky enough to have you at our school a couple of times for a whole day session. And then you've been also in our classroom. So it's great to have you on the podcast today and be able to have a chat about your career and then also having a bit of a deeper look as well into numeracy as well. So I'm looking forward to having a chat with you today. Oh, thanks for the invite, Todd. Yeah, appreciate it. But I think before we get started, there's something that we particularly need to talk about, Rob, our mighty demons. What about <laughs> the year last year? You know what? It was a pretty rubbish year, except for the D's. And uh, yeah, I look back on 2021 fondly for only <laughs> one reason, and that was there. Yeah, that was a flag, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. But uh, yeah, so highlight of the year by that far, it's not funny, Todd. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be a highlight for a long time for both of us. 
<laughs> no, but it's a dynasty. It's a dynasty. Yeah, <laughs> here it's a celebration day. They all promised that they'd win it again next year for us. And well, you know, promise is a promise. So I just figured they're going to come through. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got to have one at the G as well, don't we? No, I think so. I think so. Yeah. And uh, a birdie's told me you're getting a tattoo as well for the premiership. Uh, well, yes, and the, and the youngest of my daughters, all the girls uh, um, are demon supporters. They were allowed to choose whoever they wanted to, to barrack for it, uh, as long as it was the demons. So it was, uh, so, well, you can live somewhere else, really. But uh, um, so the, but the youngest one, I mentioned, because uh, I promised, I told them if ever they win, I'd get a tat. So I have to follow through. And uh, yeah, the youngest one says, I want to do one with you. So uh, yeah, yeah. I think we're trying for an appointment this Friday. So. I'm getting a bit nervous, but anyway, I look at you know, committed. I've got to do it. Love it. I and actually a little one, Todd. You can't see my fingers. This is on radio, but a, a very little one. I think I'll see very, what happens. Yeah, very good idea. I actually made the same bet, uh, Rob, with my mum a few years ago. She's a Melbourne, oh, there you Melbourne go, daughter, and we yes. said, Oh. Yep, if the if we ever win, we'll get a tattoo. But <laughs> mum's not really into tattoos. No, my my, my mum's not. Uh, she, she's uh, she's not with us anymore. But she was she, oh, she she was the favourite of the ink, so she should be turning in a grave. But anyway, sorry, mum. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, yeah. So when we did win, I said, "Oh, mum, we made that bet a few years ago about a tattoo," <laughs> and I think mum's jaw just dropped. Still an excitement of the premiership win, but more panicky about the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it was uh, a fantastic day. I think we could chat. We could just do a podcast on the. Uh, oh, on this, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready to chat. And I'll, you know, like, I've, although I've only watched the replay, I think nine times in the third quarter, about fifteen. But so I, I could be a bit sketchy. But you know, I'd probably be able to put most of the goals together in order. Love it, Rob. Love it. We might have to have a chat off air about the demons. <laughs> we might lose a few viewers if we just. Talk yeah, about sorry, it. sorry, everybody. We're uh, okay. <laughs> So, uh, Rob, have you had a little highlight of the day today? Uh, no, I, I, um, uh, I had I had lunch with my middle daughter, so I didn't work today. So today was uh, I've got to um, working the rest of the week, but so today was uh, an RDA for me. So uh, I had lunch with the middle daughter, and that's always a highlight. So that was yeah, probably the highlight highlight of the day today, Todd. Yeah, 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 excellent, love it. And going back to when you were a student, what were you like as a student, Rob? Uh, look. I'd have to just, I don't know, uh, those who know me, uh, I'm a little fruity uh, at times with, uh, with my language, except in front of the kids, but I was, I was, I was probably a bit of a smart ass to tell you the truth. I don't know if that's uh, going to be okay for those out there in podcast land, but uh, yes, yeah, so I, was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was a bit of a smart ass. Uh, I was, I was always good at, at, at lit and spelling and reading, even comprehension, uh, and sport and uh so uh yeah i don't know yeah i just have this image of myself being a bit of a smart alex which which probably i don't think any many people would argue about <laughs> very wholesome smart alec but uh smart alec nonetheless <laughs> love it and did you have a favorite moment throughout going to school I do remember uh, there, there was, uh, it's not maths or anything related because I don't have many happy moments in that regard at all. But, uh, there was a day that, were, that was the school apps at, at secondary. And I was, I think it was, I think I must've been about year 10. And um, reluctantly I ran the 400 metres because, you know, I'd rather stick to 100 and 200, like you don't, don't want to get too puffed. And so, uh, but, and I won the 400 and, um, 
Anyway, so they'll thought that's it for me for the day. And then the dude in our team, because it was the house sports, who was running the 800, pulled out and our captain coach sort of thing of the of the uh, of our house said well, come on rob you can run this it had been about 20 minutes since the end of uh since the end of the 400 and i got out and ran the 800 <laughs> i won the 800 so i don't know how i was that ridiculously fit back then i did a paper run you know with no uh, all the youngies in, in the and the audience wouldn't know what it was. So I delivered the paper to all these houses and it was a bloody huge paper run in Bendigo. Uh, went right out to White Hills and back home and I lived in Kennington. So I must have been as fit as a trout, but anyway, without knowing it. So uh, yeah, that, that was probably my school highlight because everybody just, oh, legend, Binga, he's won the 400 in the 800 about 20, 25 minutes apart. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'll still go to town on that one for anybody who wants to listen to it. So to have somebody ask me, <laughs> Thank you, Todd. <laughs> no, I love it. Good work. Well done, Rob. Yeah, it, was, it was a long time ago, Todd. I'll be lucky to run, to run the 20 metres and the 50 metres 25 minutes apart now. <laughs> oh, very good. And tell me, who is Rob Bingahoots? And kind of in that, how long you've been teaching for and what you're currently doing now? Um, oh, well, born and bred in Bendigo, um, hard to get a gig in Bendigo, so I went and started teaching in the western suburbs of Melbourne because they couldn't get enough teachers, um, and that was the start of it, so uh, been in education 45 years, yeah, I've never not known it, so it's just uh, like if anybody ever took, you know, bloody holidays and things away from me, I don't know what I'd do, was, uh, I just, I love being around kids and education and schools, and uh, they're just, Ah, dynamic, they're just fun places. And of course, not every school is, is great, but most are just terrific joints. So, uh, yeah, I like them. So, uh, uh, 20, uh, no, 18 years, 17, 18 years in the classroom and um, 10 years whether I, where I was either the AP or a principal. Um, I had two years in Rialto when the education department used to be in there. And uh, so that was probably the only time that I, I actually wasn't in a school setting. Uh, and uh, I got seconded. Um, I actually had a prep one, Todd, at the time, out in Albion North in Sunshine. And uh, uh, so uh, I got seconded into uh, uh, to Rialto after the, I was about three months into the school year. Actually, and you'd relate to this as a prep teacher, I actually had the preps and the ones, because the ones were pretty good kids. I had, just had them where I wanted them in terms of, you know, they were ready, the routines that we spoke about a bit earlier off air. But, uh, uh, and then I couldn't knock back this, this offer to go and write the course advice, so, uh, uh, which went out to every state and Catholic and independent school in Victoria. It was a victorious response to the national statement on mathematics, which was out in about 98 or something, but uh, still influences maths, by the way. But uh, um, yeah, so that was uh, two years in there. But um, then that was back out to a classroom and then uh, the AP and print job. And then three years in New York, uh, working as a consultant and uh, New York City. And then, uh, yeah, then got back and say 14 years now, I think this is my 14th, I think 14, 15, as a, as a consultant working all around um, yeah, Melbourne and Victoria and Australia. So uh, so I think that roughly adds up to about 45 years in education. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Wonderful career to date. And it's still flying along. So yeah, keep up the amazing work you're doing. Thank you. And what was the reason, Rob, you decided that you wanted to be a teacher? Don't know. It just was, I reckon it was uh 
I don't know. Sometimes it's just influenced by by some of the some of the just shitful teachers that she had. And you go, I reckon I can do a better job than this. <laughs> like, I reckon the brick wall could have done a better job than someone. But it was, uh, uh, and there are others who were just like, hey, but, oh man, they, you know, the, the, the he, she is really cool. Um, but I reckon it was about 15 when I just thought, no, well, I think I know what I'm going to be. Uh, you know, in your head, there's other things that you think, yeah, I'm going to be an author. Well, I didn't end up being an author, but I've written maths books now. So, you know, it's a bear. I thought I was going to be an actor. Well, you end up as a teacher. And, most good teachers are just frustrated actors anyway, Todd. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> that was actually true. But I, I tell you, any really good teacher is just a frustrated actor. Uh, so because uh, you've got an audience, best audience ever, Todd. They're not allowed to leave. <laughs> That's how I love that about an audience. <laughs> they can't walk out on you. It's like, no, come back. you got you got to put up with this. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I reckon for about 15, I just just something you just, you know, how you see yourself doing something. And I just thought, no, I, I, the greater kids in front of you and just the chance to interact, nah, too good. Never, never, nah, nah. So from about 15, done and dusted. Yeah, love that. And did you have, well, you've talked about a little bit about this. Did you have a teacher throughout your schooling that inspired you? I guess you talked about some of the, on the other end. <laughs> did you have any that, yeah, like inspired you to be a teacher? There was there was a um, his his name was brother brother Grace. I went to Maris Brothers in Bendigo, and uh, and still around to tell the tale. So you know it's not bad. Uh, and they, they actually most of them were pretty good. There was some there was some uh, there were obviously there's some shockers, but some shockers in every school situation except for Specimen Hill, where they're all just fabulous. Uh, but uh, uh, um, yeah, there's this guy who did literature because I I'd already dropped maths as soon as quick as I could because I couldn't stand the subject. I hated it. I know that's ironic, but anyway. And so uh, I loved my lit. And this this brother Graham in year eleven and twelve just came into the school, and he was uh, he was fabulous. Oh my god, he could he just he was so vibrant. He wasn't young, but he was so vibrant and funny and passionate and just uh, cared about you at the same time. Like it wasn't just him, you know. Uh, uh, enjoying himself in front of us and just uh, but it was him just enjoying us enjoying the literature he was he was great and you know I'd already probably convinced I was going to be a teacher so what I'm 16 17 or something and uh, and just I just well wow, that's teaching yeah he just trusted us like he, we, we read some pretty bawdy stuff Chaucer's tale uh, so uh, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales including the the Miller's tale and stuff like it's a bit it's a bit raunchy especially for Marsh Brothers and he's he was just into it. Yeah. He went, so we went into it with him. You know, he just, it wasn't that, none of this snigger, snigger stuff. It was just, ah, oh, here it is. Let's go. Um, that did snigger, snigger. Come on, you're 16, 17. Like, just, this is literature. Enjoy it. Uh, so he was fabulous. So, yeah, my inspiration, there was nobody in maths all through primary, all through secondary. And what a coincidence that I didn't like maths when there wasn't one teacher who switched me on to it, cared enough about it, cared enough about me and what I was, what I was struggling with. Or, you know, it's so, yeah, probably no surprise there, but brother Graham, I would, I would say, Todd, he was a legend. Yeah. Yeah. It comes across pretty quickly with what you're saying that he, he built a relationship with you and yep. all the other students. And I think that's yep. the critical point there that you're trying to say, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he just engaged us and his enjoyment was infectious, you know, and, and he just, he might've come alive. He was just, he, yeah. Oh. Man, he was good. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. 
And then what about through your teaching career? Have you had any mentors that have really supported you and backed you along the way? Well, while I was, while I was still teaching, there was a guy out of Gladstone Views, a guy, uh, he's a pretty straight teacher, but he gave me some really good tips. Uh, um, he was only a few years older than me, but gee, he had his head screwed on with teaching a guy called Lloyd Mitchell. And he was at Gladstone Views, which is out Tullamarine Way. And uh, yeah, just a few things he said were, uh, yeah, were, were pretty pretty spot on. And you know, occasionally just told me to pull my head in a bit and was, uh, uh, was, uh, was also probably pretty, pretty good advice too. Um, I went back and did my bachelor year uh, and there was, and for the life of me, I, I must be getting old, but I can't remember this guy's second name, but I, I picked maths instead of running away from maths my whole life. I, to do my bachelor with uh, uh, and pick mathematics to do the final sort of thing with and uh, the, yeah this guy this lecturer this professor uh, geez I wish I could get his name but he, he's, he's passed away now but he, he was bloody fantastic absolutely fantastic just so supportive like above and beyond again like I was just a student in his class but I took an interest and he took an interest in me and uh, he, he gave me a lot of extra after the class had finished and yeah so I really appreciated that and there was a teacher when I was a principal, one of my teachers just reminded me of, because uh, you can't help but move away from the classroom as a principal as much as you don't want to. Um, and uh, he just, uh, yeah, she, this girl, Nikki Rose, she was just so good. Just reminded me what good teaching looks and feels like. I used to find any excuse to go into a classroom to watch her, watch her work with the kids. She was fabulous. Yeah. Yep. So I think they're, they're three people I always remember. Nikki, you know, I was her boss, but she inspired me just for, just to remind me. And uh, I always thought, you know what, if anything ever happens, I go back to a classroom. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy it again. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. And it's great to hear from being like a principal and, and not looking down, but going and seeing a teacher mm. that is inspiring you. I think that's fantastic. And I think the second person you were mentioning, I think he, you could see that he had belief in you and I think it's important. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you're right, Todd. He must have seen something and just, you know, heard like, because I, I could tell him about anecdotes. Like I had a grade six, straight, grade five or grade six, I can't remember which was either a five or a six was upper primary. And, um, you know, I just wanted to be better with, with the, what I did with the kids. I was starting to get into maths, but I just didn't know enough and what to do and, he was great. He was he's so supportive. Yeah, you appreciate that. Yeah, there's nothing like a bit of a belief and that's what you try and instill in your kids as well. Mm -hmm. Believe in those yeah. kids and you can see them, they take those risks and not afraid to make mistakes and all those kind of things. It does make a huge difference in your classroom, that's for sure. Yes, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a curious thing that we're, I, I don't know of a safer profession than ours. And... Um, I don't know, the word hypocritical is very strong, but sometimes we're, as, an, as a profession, we're a bit adverse to risk-taking and learning from your mistakes, but we tell the kids they should be doing it. And I don't know, and I don't know how, um, yeah, how prepared we are to take risks with a lesson, with, with anything, and just say, well, okay, let's once try this. And, you know, and, and we're so worried about a lesson going wrong. It's just like a big deal. <laughs> Put that on the catastrophe scale. Uh, lesson gone wrong is uh, is way down near the bottom. You know, COVID, tsunami, <laughs> your pet cat dying, they're up the top. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a bad lesson. You're kidding me. Just learn from it, move on. 
don't blame the kids for it because it was probably your fault uh, and just move on like it's no big deal but uh ooh, no you know uh, take a risk with the kids what do you got to lose god they're forgiving they've forgotten it 10 minutes later yeah exactly right now great advice there rob and I know you were talking about this before, that you didn't enjoy mass. So where did the passion for numeracy mass come from? Um, there was actually a turning point when uh, it was my third year out teaching. I'd had a grade two, had a grade three. Poor buggers, they, nearly all of them followed me up into grade three. <laughs> but uh, we, were, we were having a ball with them. We did bugger all maths, but we had a, we had a ball on everything else, but uh, or with everything else. But, uh, and um, they, the school had introduced this, this hideous text, this program called CPM, Continuous Progress in Maths. Shocker, absolute Barry, Barry Crocker. It actually made, um, it made signposts look good. It was, that was, you know, it was, it was just, it was just, uh, made, it made sign there. Yeah, the signpost looks great compared to it. Like it was, that's how bad it was. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't be mentioning those, but it's, uh, uh, it was terrible. And um, my kids hated it, but I liked it because I didn't have to really teach. It really, in the end, you hide behind a textbook. That's just, that's a place to hide as a teacher. And uh, um, <laughs> it, uh, the kids occasionally come out to ask me a question about one of the questions and <laughs> I'd give them short shift and go, you work it out and this sort of stuff. So it was dreadful. You know, I was only getting worse as a maths teacher. And one day the, the kids, about three kids came in and said, well, we don't know what to do with this problem, you know, page 17, number three or whatever it was. And it was, they had to colour in um, some, some outlined containers. So with three containers, so it would equal one litre. And I thought, how pathetic a question. You know, I knew in that drawer behind me in my classroom, there was some beakers and there was some measuring jugs and all sorts of stuff. And, it, you know, it was bloody mid-March or something. And I said, come on, let's go outside. Bring your notebooks with you. And uh, the whole grade, even they weren't up to that question. And I just said, look. And I thought, I, I know this stuff, don't I? There's, yeah, I know there's a litre of milk. That's a 1,000 mils. I knew there was 375 mils in a stubby. And I thought, well, that's it for another 125. And you got 500. That'd be half. And I think, oh, I think I'm good. I think I'm good with this. And so, because uh, my confidence and attitude were just, just woeful, uh, really, when it came to maths. And so uh, I thought, well, I can do this. And sure enough, I was right on top of it. And the kids would come and said, oh, look, Mr. B, this would be three quarters. And I went, yeah, it would be seven, seven, yep, yep. And uh, we went in, the kids were just bu buzzy. They were so happy. And uh, this is the best, best math lesson we've ever had, Mr. B, and I want you to do this all the time. <laughs> we don't like the book. And from then on, whenever there was any measurement problems in the book, whether it was area, perimeter, we did it hands-on. And, and that's really started to change me. So I got into maths through measurement because I could cope with it and I could relate to it. And if I could relate to it, I could understand it. And so that was, yep, that was definitely a turning point. So I've got one of the worst programs ever written, uh, CPM, to, to actually thank for me getting back into maths. And it didn't happen overnight, but uh, uh, through measurement, and I thought, hold on, measurement. Honey, this is decimals. And then I well, decimals is fractions. They just, oh, God, get out. They just look different. And uh, I know that sounds so basic. You think, for, oh, God, 
<laughs> but really that that was how humble my my beginnings were and i didn't i didn't come out of the womb knowing how to bloody teach maths i didn't even get out of college knowing how to teach maths properly and it was in my third year of teaching i started only started to to actually improve so i'd reckon it was four five six years down the track where i can say yeah i'm doing some really good math stuff here yeah yeah wonderful uh, there's hope there for everybody i guess is the message in that yeah, exactly. And that's what I was about to say next, Rob, there. Like, you don't have to be, I guess it's you're kind of saying as well, you don't have to be perfect straight away. You you do learn on the job as you're going through. So for oh, any crowd out there listening, you, you don't ex- yeah. we're not expecting you to be perfect. No, no, no. It's a, it's actually, uh, you know, it's, it's probably just grounded me along the way and made me appreciate what teachers go through because a lot of primary teachers don't like maths. And that's a, well, it's not okay to not like it because that should be fixed and somebody let you down along the way. If you don't like maths, somebody let you down. Uh, but the thing is you can't behind, hide behind that because in the end um, we have to display and for our kids' sake, a, a confidence and an attitude about maths. But I'd like that to come from not being a false thing, but a real thing. Uh, so find your way in, uh, whether it's through measurement or money. Money's a great way to get your own head around maths. And have a meter ruler. Just don't leave home as a teacher. Don't even think about leaving home as a teacher without a meter ruler. Because there's, I reckon there's hardly anything, there's, there's not a thing that you can't do in maths on that meter ruler. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. And I know you've mentioned uh, during your sessions that we've had with you at school that teaching is not a science, it's more an art. And that I, could, I do agree, like you do have to put on a performance. You have to build relationships with your students. You do want your kids to enjoy coming to school and you enjoy actually working as well. I think that's really important as well. And actually, as you're mentioning, have some fun with your kids, do some hands-on activities. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Do you want to elaborate a bit more about, about it being more an art? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's been made, um, especially with the like. Uh, I have no real problem with with data informing planning, and even some data having been given back to the system. But there's that much data uh, collection that really doesn't serve a purpose. I think in a lot of in too many schools. Um, that it feels like it's a science and you're always measuring. Um, uh, it is more of an art than, than science. I, I, you know, we overthink it like most things. It's a, um, yeah, it's pretty basic caper in the end. Like there's two things you need to do to be a good teacher. Let the kids know you're happy to be there. Uh, and because, uh, you know, they're not the enemy, like, you know, pick another profession if you think of them that way. Uh, let them know you're happy to be there and then get them going, engage them. So let them know you're happy to be there, engage them, get them going. Mm. That's it. Yeah. That, that's, that's the art of, 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 of to smile and talk to them not on the same level. You know, just talk to them as another human to a human. They're just smaller than us. They're, they're humans just like us. They're just smaller. And in some schools that I work, work in, they're, they're actually taller than me. So they're not always small. <laughs> <laughs> not that that's hard to beat. You've met me, Todd. I'm not a... You know. <laughs> but I think a lot of people forget about enjoying their job sometimes don't they like in the teaching yeah. it, is a, it is a great job like I do love my job and I love going to school every day but I think sometimes people forget to have fun enjoy it it is a great job we're very lucky yeah, kids kids are hilarious fair dinkum just 
<laughs> just listen to them more. Like, you know, they're, they're fun to interact with. They're, they're, they're great fun. They just make me smile all the time. Sure, some drive you mental, stress you out. Like, I'm not not for a minute saying that the, the teaching can't be hard. Like, you can have a, a tough grade where you've got a really bad uh, a lot of kids just for whatever reason, just happens to be that sort of cohort. Oh, look, it just, just makes a... a uh, can be an awful year. I mean, I've had that in my 45 years. I had two grades where I just thought, oh, you're kidding me. Now, I got through the year, but oh, not without a lot of stress. And, you know, it was just that. Uh, but in the end, I just tried to relax and enjoy the two or three out of the grade of 26 that were actually, you know, <laughs> all right. But it was just, look, it just happened. And sometimes it's just the clash of me, not just, not just them. It's just, um, just we did we don't gel for whatever reason. So, uh, but generally, no. Enjoy kids; they're great. They're great fun. It's uh, and sometimes you can feel the pressure of the world. We're collecting this and doing that data and getting this in, and that's. Uh, uh, but try to just take some time to remember who you are. You're a teacher, you know, and it's a it's a it's a ripping job. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have any other philosophies on being a good teacher, Rob? Uh. Talk less. Yeah, you want to be a good teacher, talk less. Yep. What's a good, you know, teaching's not about telling. Teaching's about letting kids discover. So it's you setting up what you want them to learn. Look, it's the art of, of letting the kids have your own way. Really, it is. It's the art of letting the kids have your own way. Like, I want you to get to here, but I don't want you. I don't, don't want to tell you how to get to there, to there, and what you'll find, what you get when you get there. I want you to get there, so you tell me what you found out. And you've got this discovery, you've got this ownership, and you've got retention that's through the roof, rather than me telling you what I know, which is just, it's just such a rubbish way to teach. Like you up the front telling kids what you know. Give me a break. It's 2022. It was crap in the 50s. And you reckon it's working now? Don't even bother. Like occasionally you might have to go up the front because you've given the kids a chance to, to discover something and they're just lacking a concept or a skill or they've got a misconception. Oh, okay, do a mini lecture for a minute and a half and clear it all up. Better still if one kid or two kids in your room know how to do it, get them to do it. But then, uh, then move on, stop yapping. Just drives me mental how much some teachers talk. Drives me friggin' mental how much some teachers talk. Yeah. And trust yourself to trust your kids. Trust yourself to trust your kids. And when you get your head around that little saying, it's 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 just you never look back. Just trust yourself. Think, oh, okay, I'm going to let them go. See what they come up with. It's that risk taking that we just mentioned a few minutes ago, Todd. It's that risk taking. Trust yourself to trust your kids. Uh, you'd be amazed. They just respect that. They'll go, go for it. And then you go, wow, I'm so glad I didn't tell them. Look what they know already or look what they found out. Uh, it's just, it's, it's liberating. It's actually absolutely liberating when you trust yourself to trust your kids. Yeah, exactly. Great advice, Rob. And I guess we were talking again off air before about some of those things that I was talking about with the preps in their first five days yeah. about yeah, just letting them go and we'll we're talking about everything we know about number two and the stuff that they were coming out with is like, oh, yep, we already know this. Yeah. Right? We don't have to cover that now. That's wonderful. Yeah. Like, Brilliant, Todd. I mean, that's it. You're saying, basically, you're saying to the kids, right, I'm not going to tell you about number two. What do you got? Bring it on. I'm going to record it up on the board here. And uh, like it makes a great poster. It probably generates keywords. I mean, that, that, that fabulous. Good on you. 
And I guess the other thing you were mentioning before is that we can have a great learning opportunity from your mistake as well. Like, oh yeah, yeah. we didn't get it this yeah. time, but if we tried it going this way next time or someone else might be able to say, oh, well, what if we did this another this, way? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the kids can bounce off each other and you can come up with different ideas and you can learn some great lessons from mistakes as well. Yeah, and they, that, that's that total involvement in the lesson and involving isn't, isn't them listening to you, involving is then you sharing this learning thing together, the two of you, you setting it up to off you go and you get amongst them. Yeah, excellent. Great advice there. So as you kind of mentioned, Rob, before, you've had a huge career to date. You've done many roles such as being a teacher, curriculum coordinator, system principal, principal. Can you tell me a little bit more about how the Rob Mingahoots Educational Consultancy, how did it all come about? Um, even when I was in a classroom, I was doing some, uh, some consultancy sort of uh, part-time. Uh, there was a, my boss at uh, Deer Park Primary School out in the west of the, uh, out in the west suburb, in the western suburbs. And um, George actually, he came up to, he, lo he loved what I was doing with the kids in the classrooms. Like we were bloody preparing beanbag golf courses and doing earn and learn. I have forever had the kids running around the school going across the road to find deliberate spelling mistakes in products and stuff like that. I don't know, it was just, <laughs> it was just fabulous. And he just, he loved it, he loved it. and. Uh, one day he walked into my room and he just said, um, yeah, uh, he looked at his watch and he said, yeah, head off now. You've got an hour to get to the Waterdale School Support Centre in, in Heidelberg. Uh, you're going to tell them you've got, uh, you've got about 40 minutes, I think it is, to tell them about the stuff you're doing in maths. So uh, uh, I've got your kids. Uh, you better head off now. Like, that was it. That was the warning I got. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I just I was stunned. I think my mouth must have been open. And George said, "Well, I wouldn't try and talk to the people you're talking to like that, Rob. It's just try and be articulate, will you?" And he goes, "He said, keep, keep going." Yeah. He just oh, like on the drive there, I thought oh, I can talk about this, I can talk about that, and like in the end, uh, you know, I I ran out of time. Um, and I try to make it very practical because I was talking to, to teachers and um, sort of curriculum, maths curriculum coordinators, people, uh, regional people. And it was, uh, uh, but that was it. George chucked me into it. So uh, uh, then he'd support me in you know, school and contact him and said, oh, can we have your Rob come out for, for um, an after school session? Or then it became a PD day and he'd said, oh, you know, we, all we do is charge that school a CRT release. And, uh, then he said, you should start making some money of this. They had this on the side as well. And uh, I don't know. So uh, it sort of started small. And um, so I'd always done some of it part-time, even when I was a principal. Then uh, I went to New York as a consultant. So this is, you know, I quit being a principal. So, because uh, I thought, oh, let's have to give it a crack. Uh, Risk-taking and just go. Took my three kids and um, their partner and myself. We all, we all went over to, uh, to New York and... Um, I worked in some of the toughest schools out in Brooklyn. There were some tough ones everywhere, but Brooklyn and the Bronx probably had the toughest. So, uh, uh, and uh, so, uh, but uh, look, I just loved it. You know, it's kids are kids all around the world. Hate to give it an echo again, but just let them know you're happy to be there. Get them working, get them engaged, get them, get them doing stuff. And uh, so, uh, um, yeah, I thought, oh, I'm loving this again, you know, influencing kids, influencing teachers and, uh, um, so when I got back to Australia, that was three years, um, and got back to Australia, I thought, no, I'm not going back to being a principal. That's, that's a tough gig. And uh, so, um, yeah, so I advertised once that I was, I was back in town and uh, 
14 years ago and haven't stopped. So, um, yeah, so that, and then you had to get an ABN, a business name and all of that. So got that all going. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, found an accountant, somebody, friend of a friend of a, and so uh, I thought, well, here we go. Let's do enough to try this group, bit of risk taking again. And if it falls on its backside, I'm, you know, I can always go back into a classroom where I'm, you know, really, really comfortable. Yeah, excellent. And that's how it started. Yeah, and great opportunity to go overseas. That would have been amazing. Oh, it, it was fabulous. New York City is just unreal. Oh, fantastic place. And we lived on Manhattan because the they had the better side. I don't know. It sounds terrible, but they had the more you pay in rent, the better the schools are, which is just the most inequitable system ever. So, uh, so we had my three daughters sort of went to good schools on Manhattan. Yeah, they were a ridiculous amount of homework. Like friggin' ridiculous. Uh, but uh, besides that, they were good schools, good teachers, uh, good facilities. Um, yeah, a little, like, probably probably seven, eight years behind what we were doing in Australia. Like, seriously, some some schools were 20 years behind. Like, oh, my God. But, uh, um, yeah, so uh, that was a uh, yeah, fabulous experience for the for the kids. Absolutely fabulous. There yeah, they were. I was going to uh, say, they would have eight, loved having an Aussie. Business. Yeah, they would have loved yeah. having an Aussie there. Yeah, and there were and there were a heap of Aussies. I worked for a company. I like wasn't just those schools. I worked for an Australian company that uh, that got us over there and uh, as consultants. So uh, so we actually ended up you know, meeting people who have been friends ever since. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's fabulous, fabulous three years. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, I know you have many uh, PD sessions that you do in schools, and also recently. Uh, online as well do you have a favorite pd session that you like to deliver to schools oh anytime anybody says oh come on rob come in and, and take us through a whole lot of warm-ups that we can do with our kids uh i mean they're really i just love doing the warm-up activities like they're five to 25 minutes uh they're really worthwhile they're highly engaging um Kids love a minimum preparation. Like it's normally bugger all equipment you have to do. It's like, hey, kids, let's go and whack something up on the board. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, so, yeah, I, I love it doing the session on warm-ups whenever I'm asked because it's just go, go, go. And it's uh, all of a sudden you as a teacher sitting there, you've got 10, 15, 20 activities you can do with your kids. And uh, it's so important to get that lesson off to a great start, your maths lesson. Win them over. Win your kids over in the warm-up. And then don't bugger up all that goodwill that you've just generated by yapping for the next 15 minutes. Keep the next bit short. Like for God's sake, keep it short. Uh, minimum instructions. Don't tell them what, uh, how to do it. Just say, well, these are the rules of the bloody game or this is the outline of the task that I want you to do. And then get them going. Now get amongst them. That's when you teach. Get them off to the task. Now get on your bike and get amongst your kids. That's when you teach. So that's um, so that that sort of PD I love, and I get asked a lot to do a PD on catering for the range of abilities, you know, so differentiation, and uh, that's another day I really enjoy. So I reckon eight out of every ten PD days, uh, that's the topic differentiation because it worries people. Uh, so um, yeah, and we've all got it. Even your prep this year. I reckon, Todd, you've got a three-year spread. You'll have some kids that are like almost pre-kindergarten. I bet you've got a couple of kids who are already showing that they're grade one, almost grade two level in some things, and that'll come out more over the next week or so. Yeah, absolutely. 100% right there. 
And uh, I've been lucky enough, as I've mentioned before, to have uh, you in my classroom a few times. And I know how, how much Prep B loved having you, Rob, and <laughs> kept saying they did get a bit confused with Mr. B and Mr. B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. B, yeah, yeah. But they did keep saying, when's Mr. V coming back? And I said, oh, I'm sure he'll come back and visit one stage. So uh, yeah. uh, they very much enjoyed it. Um, but do you, do you enjoy being able to go into classrooms and going into different classrooms all the time with the, the sessions that you do? Yeah, I do. Like it's uh, it's always daunting. Like it's you know, like you never know what what the preps are going to be like. You know, there uh, or uh, you never know about about a, a year five or a year six or sometimes you know I've taken up to year ten and elevens, and so you just whoa, you never know what you're going to get that day. Like it just it just could be trouble on a stick waiting for you, but. What you realise is that nearly every room there's going to be a couple of kids on on, on the specky. There's going to be a kid who's got asies. There's going to be a kid who's behavioural. There's going to be a kid. and if there isn't, well, it's a, it's a lucky day. If there is, I've just learned to cope. So uh, always daunting because you never know what you're going to get. But always, um, oh, always just oh, just looking forward to it. There's something about I'm in here. I've got kids. How lucky am I? I've got the next hour or 50 minutes or whatever it is with them. Uh, let's get into it. And so often the kid, and, and you know, a, a lot of times still, some you know, I wish they wouldn't bother, but a teacher says you've got such. Sometimes it's good advice to say, hey, listen, there's a kid. If you do this or this, he's he or she's likely to react like this. And sometimes oh, that's nice to know, but other times like, don't have to tell me. You don't have to forewarn me about kids. Let's let's, let's get into the session. And a lot of times I go, who was the kid that was going to play up? And they go, well, he, she didn't play up at all. And you know, normally go, well, I wonder why that was. And they go, well, she or he was so into the task. You know, yeah, there's a bit of a message there probably then, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Engaged kids don't fart up much. They don't, they just, they're, they're into the task. Like, you know, well, well, you know, I was going to play up, but I forgot about it because I'm actually quite really enjoying what I'm doing. So, uh, and I'm not bored or I'm not this or I'm not that. So I don't know. Once again, it's not, it's not a science. It's just an art. Like keep them bloody busy, like true busy, not, not work, worksheet busy, but engaged busy. And 95% uh, of your behavioral issues are out the door. They're gone. Hmm. I think that's a great thing about your sessions, Rob, is that you do build a relationship with those kids. You've only got them for an hour, but you've got the yeah. meeting out of your hand within five minutes. And I know the sessions with the preps, um, you built this story about the teddy bears on a picnic. And, and, and you're, <laughs> oh, picnic schmicnic. Yeah, that's, that's, it, that's it. it. I love that story. I love yeah. doing that story with the kids. <laughs> and you can just see them just sitting there like eyes just on you mouth open, like waiting. And I love it. You put those little pauses in there just to build. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Go back to that line again, Todd. Good teachers are just frustrated actors. But... Yeah, no, exactly right it is. And I think it's really important that you, you do do that because it engage, as you said, it engages the kids and then kids, you've yeah. got them there. Yeah. And I've used ones about like the family farm and they're really excited. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to get the answer. Like, I want to work out the answer for this one to be able to tell Mr. B what it is. And it is, yeah, exactly, exactly, Todd. It's, you know, it's 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 it's, it's not hard to win them over. It's it's, a, it's an art, it's not a science. Just get them engaged, get them involved, make it about them or make it about you, the, your stories or your anecdotes or your scenarios and they're in you got them yeah and as you were mentioning before having that maximum amount of time and i know i love your one that you always uh use i love your kids i love you but you can't <laughs> come and see me and you whatever the answer might be what, five or whatever it might be and that's a great one that's fantastic because they stay on task they're like oh well, I've got yeah, to five yeah. before i can see mr v 
Yeah, it's a it's one of those things that I, I recommend as a tip for teachers is put up an expectation, like verbalize it and then put it up in, in the circle or you know, put a scale up. When you get to this many points, come and see me, or you know, when you get to this many answers, come and see me, or when you get to this point, come and see me. But before then, I love yous, channeling a bit of Jeff Fennick, I love yous, I love yous all. Just don't come anywhere near me. And so just do it with a smile on your face and you know, the kids get it. And, that's it. and the kid comes out and they've done one answer and you just point them up to the board where you've written the five in the circle or whatever. And they go, oh yeah. And back, they just quietly walk away again. It's, you know, it's good, it's good. Yeah, excellent. And uh, being in different classrooms, does that help you from kind of missing being in the classroom, Rob? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, yeah, I get plenty of, of interaction with kids. The only thing with, I guess, occasionally, Todd, like it might be a prep or a six or a three or whatever grade level, and you just got this ripping group of kids. Like it's just, oh, and yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry when the sessions are over and I just want to go back to them tomorrow, you know, and just or take them for inquiry or take them for a uh, for a, for a lit session because you, you you know you just gel and you just just love them. They're funny or they're they're funny and respectful. And I've just taught some lovely grades and just thought, oh man, like you know I don't want to go. Um, so then you make your pine a bit for your own classroom. Yeah. Then then there's been other grades where I go, how long have I got to get? Like, still got another 20 minutes in this hellhole. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> Normally, secondary situations. You know, I've got a couple of secondary sessions. I've got, oh, geez. Yeah. Help. Yeah, that's uh, why I'm very happy. I just, just want to run away. Like, <laughs> uh, I feel you there. And through yeah. being a consultant, Rob, uh, how does it make you feel that you're having such a huge impact on many schools and many teachers? I know you've had a huge impact on myself since you've uh, come for our sessions. How does it make you feel that you are having a huge impact on a lot of schools and teachers? Um, this is like this is this sounds like I don't know. I hope it doesn't sound false, but I actually, honestly, feel very humble. And those who know me, like humility is not probably one of my strengths. <laughs> Pretty happy to tell you how flash I am. But uh, uh, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, humble. No, genuinely, genuinely humble. That's probably because of my own background in maths or. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know, but that that's it is. A, genuine feeling of of, of, of of just humble like you know really in the end i feel probably bags look i just just took over your grade like some sort of hermit crab for a you know for an hour or whatever and, and you know i had a ball and and you got a whole lot out of it like you sometimes i think oh that's a bonus <laughs> so i just indulged myself for an hour with your kids and had a ripping time but uh i think that combination of the pd day and then when teachers see what you were talking about on that PD day and they go, she's, you know what, it bloody does work. He said he'd do it and he said the kids would react like that and jeez, oh, he was spot on. And then they come up and say, you look, you've changed my teaching or, you know, some of the, I know that you just took to it like a duck to water, Todd, you just had to be shown where the water was and uh, um, you, you won't look back. You know? And I find that just so humbling and gratifying yeah i take a lot from it yeah yeah i, I do when it's teacher says you've changed the way i teach i find that just yeah yeah that's that's pretty emotional for me oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no excellent and do you have any funny stories from presentations with teachers or when you've been in classrooms with students oh there's so many there's some great anecdotes there's been some characters of kids like 
It's just kid I taught out in Melton. <laughs> She's a classic. <laughs> She's great. She's a great too. <laughs> She's a uh, uh, I could say her name, I won't say her surname, but Will Lowe's probably on the on, on the specky there somewhere pretty significant. <laughs> I've come into the grey, like I've, I've taught her a couple of times. She's always been a handful, but I reckon she's always got into the mess. She's actually bright. And, uh, and I reckon I'd said about three words and she goes, oh, shit, this is so effing boring. <laughs> I've gone, Willow, like, give me a break. I haven't finished my first sentence. And I just, tough audience, kid. Oh, and uh like you know another situation might go oh my god that she's all oh, you shouldn't swear like that all oh, you've done this you've hurt me and all that stuff that's a laugh i honestly i laughed and it took yeah. just took it all out like just what am i gonna say i just said god give three words willow and it's called up i said you've called it early there was a i think this was a this was it made me laugh i don't think it I don't think it made the teacher laugh at the PD. But somebody was giving me a, a, oh, not a hard time, but they were bloody looking at their phone all the way through this after-school session. And uh, I don't know, it looked so disinterested. And, um, you know, there was pretty, it was a, as always, it's just a try to be a very practical session. And um, then she just, uh, I just sort of, you know, got to her at the end of it, just talking about subtraction. And she just said, oh, Oh, do you? Uh, well, what method do you recommend then, rather than the stuff that you were doing? Wouldn't you do something like, uh, you know, to, uh, for the kids to understand subtraction? Wouldn't you have to do something like a minuend decomposition or something? I didn't have no freaking idea what she was talking about, and I just said, look, you know, yeah, subtraction. Really, you got some shit. Somebody takes some of your shit away. You got less shit than you started with. I reckon that's pretty well what subtraction <laughs> is, and and she said. And the staff were just, they were just all trying to, they were trying not to laugh. And, and I, I just kept a really straight face while I looked, I didn't want to look a smart ass. I thought, geez, I shouldn't have done that. And uh, they just, and afterwards, about 10 of them came up and said, shot oh, that was so good and so appropriate. And so, so anyway, but I feel bad, but I did laugh at myself. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that's, that's great. Love it, Rob. <laughs> It's very true. You do have some shit. <laughs> some of you some of your shit. You got less shit than you started with. Like, how much do you really have to know? That's subtraction. You know? <laughs> uh, classic. Love it. But I've had many, many funny things with my own kids. Too many to go into, but in my own grades. But uh, then there's been a couple of characters that I've taken for lessons. A lot of times in the prep, but because uh, they're funny preps. You know, Todd, uh, they just say some wacky things and you just just cack yourself. So it's a, uh, but no, no, I've had many great moments with kids, especially because if you've got that sort of environment in your room, you've sort of got a culture where it's okay to have a, to have a laugh and just enjoy it. I want you to work, but I want you to enjoy your work. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Great ones there. And also part of your PD sessions, Rob, you have a lot of classic sayings. I can, uh, a couple that I can remember is uh, record, 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 shut the duck yep. up yes. Uh, yes. and get everything off your whiteboard. Do you yeah, have any yeah, favourites? Yeah, 
Uh, oh, I was going to go and find some. Somebody bloody did a I did a full day PD somewhere, and somebody came in and said, "Look, these were these were seventeen classics," and they'd written them down. And some of them, I thought, "Oh my God, I can't really say that." Um, so <laughs> you've probably got a couple of the good ones. Um, yeah, Rick, 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 and you've got, uh, I don't know, you've got to be mobile for maths. You know, that's, uh, you know, if, you, if you're sitting down at your desk while there's a maths lesson going on, well, they, I presume they're doing a worksheet or they're doing bloody the, a test or something like, you know, you must be injured. You must have done a hammy if you're not amongst your kids. If you're not amongst your kids, you know, get off your, get off your wazzer and get amongst them. Um, so then, you know, uh, uh, but uh, shut the duck up. Yeah, that goes along with just this thing of don't talk so much. Uh, and record, record, record. It is one of my faves. If you're if you're talking maths, go and put that up on the board. If the kids are doing something in maths, record it. Don't just talk to me about it. Go and record it. You've got to get it down. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, look, I'll have to send you some, and you can share them with the uh, with the audience at some stage, Tom. But yeah, there are there are some others. Oh, I forget them after a while. Like I'm going to have to use one for ages. So I forget about it. So uh, yeah. Well, they've stuck in my mind. So no, good job. <laughs> And uh, so why do you think, Rob, are open-ended questions in numeracy so important for students' development? Oh, look, they're so good for, for you as a teacher. What, what they do for kids is a lot of times an open-ended problem or an activity, uh, the slight difference between them, but an open-ended task. So that, that lets kids know that there's more than one answer in maths and more than one way to do it. You know, that's really important that you view maths that way. Well, there's more, I can solve this this way. I can do it this way. Oh man, I've got this answer. Oh, I've got this answer. Oh, look, you can get this one as well. Like maths sometimes is this answer only, but a lot of times it's, man, there's so many ways to, to get there and do it. Um, so I, look, I, I think that's really important for kids that there's more than one answer, more than one way. And it also then, makes it very easy to extend kids and support kids so you can do enabling prompts and you can do ex extension prompts as well so um so yeah, i find a good open-ended task lets me cater for every kid in the room they are the answer to the the the, the differentiation challenge that it, you know i've got an open-ended problem i've got that four year spread of abilities covered because i can work the activity down I can work it up, or otherwise it wouldn't be open. So, um, no, and the other big thing I think that it does, uh, I hope, uh, if schools and individual teachers are into open-ended tasks, it may stop individual teachers or grade levels or the whole school adopting streaming, which is just, you know, which is just, that's an appalling thing to do to kids. Appalling. I'm picking my words up carefully. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the accurate one. It's actually appalling. It's yep. just that no, there's no selling this. It's a shit thing to do to kids. And it's, you know, a lot of times it's just a lack of imagination and yeah, a bit of laziness. Sorry, it's laziness. If I'm calling it out there and I've upset people that listen to your show, but well, you deserve to have it called mm -hmm. on you. You shouldn't be streaming kids. It's just not right. It's not right. It's, not, it's very un-Australian. Uh, it's, a, it's a very ordinary thing to do to a human. So, uh, and it, when there's alternatives, if there was no alternative, like, yeah, we are all right. Uh, but there are alternatives. Um, you just need some imagination, a bit of determination and uh, some resources, some good uh, activities and books on open-ended activities. Yeah, good's life. I go home, I think of one good activity or one good task and I've got every kid in my room covered. Like that is fantastic.
Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, Rob. And I think the other thing about those open-ended tasks and activities is that it provides an opportunity for students to talk to one another and, and get ideas off one another. And then you might hear yes. some different, different language and then they're starting yeah. to use that language. Yeah. So it just, it just builds yeah. and filters along as you go. I think it's really. Yeah. Well, well said, well said, Todd. It's, it's uh, there's, there's so many benefits from it, let alone your, um, your assessment. Like if you've got the kids all working on the same task, be it at different levels on the same task, the fact that it is the same task means that you can assess and moderate. I can compare work to work of every kid in my room. If they're off being streamed or if you've got three different activities for three different ability groups, well, I can't compare that activity to that activity that that group were doing because it's a different activity. So there's an efficiency and uh, uh, more benefit in you being able to give the kids the one task that they're all doing. So it's a, we've got a lot going for it. It's just And you're, you're more effective uh, uh, and more efficient teacher uh, when, when you get into it. And streaming is just a way, way down. And it's, look, it's not just me saying this about streaming. Some really, really good people, John Hattie, Joe Bowler, Doug Clark, they just bag it. Like, like they don't even pre pretend it's good. It's just, they just bag it. And you know, I'm, yeah, I agree. Mm. And I, yeah, agree with you as well with that assessment. I must say with, with having those open-ended tasks, the time, it, it doesn't take me as much time to be able to yes. assess um, and write the notes or whatever it might be because I know they're yes. all on the same task and I can write some really quick notes about how that... The notes, exactly. Ready. You can say this compared to that. Yep. 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 Yeah, that's, uh, uh, no, that, that's, that's uh, no spot on. So if we have a look at mass in its current environment, what do you think the biggest issue at the moment Rob is and maybe what can we do to improve that? Um, streaming. Uh, it's an issue because it's not going away and any school it's open plan. A lot of times teachers go, what are we going to do? There's three of us and we've got 70 kids uh, and we're in this open area that's just so poorly designed and thought out uh, um, and we panic and go to the streaming way and uh, I get it. Like that's a, that's a fear response. Still wrong. Um, because there are better ways. But so while we have the design of some schools the way they are, that's actually, that almost feels like you're pushing yourself to streaming and avoid it. Just do anything to avoid it. Um, there's still this thing about tables. Oh, for F's up. Oh my God, like get over it. Um, there's tables and there's mental computation and they're, they're chalk and cheese. Tables is just rote learning or something with it. it doesn't even mean anything to you and you spit back a fact, you know, out of context. You know, what's it, what's the value really? But mental computation, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, 87% of the maths we do in real life, we do in our head. So the ability to calculate and uh, uh, estimate in your head is is an enormous skill, but it doesn't, it's not tables. You know, it's number facts, okay? Like doubling and halving, knowing your place value, uh, near doubles. Uh, it's There's a, so many strings to the mental comp bow and oh, I don't rate tables at all. And, uh, no. I don't want a kid working out, taking 15 minutes to work out what 714s are. Uh, but, you know, there's ways that when you can work with kids that uh, 
and you can let them find ways you can help the you can scaffold ways where that kid can work out what that answer is uh so it's uh um but uh, and it's said it's look, a lot of kids wouldn't even use the tables to work that out they go well that's not in the tables chart so i'm not i don't know how to work out 17 so <laughs> they never think about okay like well, let's use the distributed property let's use your knowledge of seven tens and seven fours now i'll put a bit of place value together and i'll add the tens and i'll add the ones and you know there's uh so i, I still think this this fixation with tables and sometimes it's just have to keep parents happy. Well, I'm sorry, that's not a good enough reason. That actually is not a good enough reason. They, they, you know, uh, so uh, uh, separation of topics, the tick, teaching ticket off mentality still worries me in teaching. Yeah. And just, yeah, oh, I've done addition and next week we do subtraction. Well, why didn't you do those two things together? Uh, it's uh, because one's the inverse of the other one. Kids easily understand that one goes that way, the other one goes the other way. Four plus seven is 11. So 11 take away four is seven. They just go, duh, well, you know, isn't that easy? And mm -hmm. we go, oh, no, we don't do those together. And yeah, yeah you do. Uh, so we, we have this thing of looking at maths as just a whole lot of content boxes that you teach the box and you tick it and you move it away. Whereas all maths is connected, all of it. All of, all of maths is connected. Place value is connected to the operations, is connected to measurement, connected to fractions, decimals and percentages. Uh, 2D shape is connected to area and perimeter. Uh, 3D shape is connected to volume and capacity and multiplication back the other way. And that's it's just, it's all, it's all in together. But sometimes we don't want to do that with maths. We just want to control it. And we just want to teach a topic and tick it off. And too bad, the kids don't see it that way. The world doesn't see it that way. But in primary teaching and secondary teaching, we still want to box it and tick it off. And that's holding us back, it's holding us back. Um, and linking maths to, to your real world, like the, you could be doing some sensational angle stuff at the moment with the Winter Olympics, like the outrageous angles and so on and distances and times. Uh, just I'd be cashing in if you've got a school camp, if you, you know, that's a good idea at this time time with the old my Sharona um then I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be linking up my mapping to that uh, what other school you got cross country maybe you do some mapping and times with that uh you know just pick your school events and just see if it connects nicely to some maths that you're doing it's uh, look to link maths and connect maths within maths and beyond maths as much as you possibly can through literature you know some great books that are designed for maths and there's some other ones that just are great for maths so uh, uh i look for that and uh, uh yeah i think that's uh so we don't do that enough and uh, you look if, if another person says we've got to take maths back to the basics i'll oh, look i don't know i could pass out i don't know what i'll do what I, I don't know i don't know what I'll do. I, might, I might just fall off the chair i might go and get pissed i don't know but if another person talks about going back to the basics i'll, I'll actually possibly vomit yeah we never left the freaking basics, you know, we, we've, there's content and the content has hardly changed in math for 50 years. The national statement changed some things and that was good. Uh, but uh, like, you know, give me a break. We've been doing the basics. Where we've got to go is to the proficiencies. Mm -hmm. That's where maths has to go. And in the end, they will be the things that are measured. Not how good you were at the content, how well you understood and applied the content to real problems. That's understanding, fluency, problem solving. God, the other one's just gone out of my head, but it's the four proficiencies. Are, uh, that's that's the way we should be heading in maths, not back to the basics. It's, the basics are there, 
but what do you do with what you've learned? How do you apply it? How did you understand it? Can you just, that's the other one, reasoning and justification. Can you reason? Can you justify what you've got? And that gets back to articulating the maths. So sorry, there's a bit more than you probably expected there, Todd, but that's, that's uh, uh, I think there's some things there that are, you know, that's still big issues that we need to address. No, wonderful thoughts there, Rob. Very fascinating to listen to all that. That was great. So if a teacher said to you, what could they do to improve their teaching in numeracy or any subject area? What are three, five things that you'd be able to say, yep, go and do this in your classroom tomorrow? Uh, number one, talk less. Uh, number two, talk less. The third one, talk less. Fourth one, now it's not going to be talk less. I know you're <laughs> building up for that, but it was uh, uh, momentum. Uh, momentum, any good lesson, phys ed, music, lit, lit lesson, uh, any good lesson, any maths lesson, it's about momentum. Don't let the momentum drop away. We mentioned it before, Todd. You've got a great warm up. You've got the kids. Don't let that goodwill dissipate by talking too much. Keep your momentum up. Uh, on my website, there's called there's a little thing called a little graphic, and it's a bit of fun, but it's about the trench of lost momentum, and nobody digs that trench except for you by talking too much. And once that trench has been dug so deep, you, know, you can't get out of it. There actually isn't enough time left in the lesson to get out of that trench now, and nobody dug it but you by talking too much. Uh, so beware of momentum, and allied with that. One of my would be read your audience, like really look at them. And like, Todd, if one of your preps falls sideways, like a tree in the forest out of sheer boredom, and then another one falls the other way out of sheer boredom, then don't tell them off, just stop talking. You know, they've let you know in their own little way, they've said, Matt, we've had enough now. Yeah, anytime, anytime you're ready to stop now, we're good. Uh, so read your audience. You know, I, I try to do with year 10s. So I go, wait, 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 I'm, I'm talking much because they start to muck about and they're on their phone and somebody's nudging somebody else. And I, 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 don't, I, I don't tell the guys, hey, stop that, put your phone away. Let's go, right, out. that's my signal. I've read my audience, time for me to stop. And I might stop mid-sentence, just put them onto the task and then try and recover that one-on-one -on -one and normally you get there. But just blindly going on and making a battle between you and the kids, like, sorry, that's a bit pathetic. It is actually a bit sad. Yeah. Uh, just read your audience. They're letting you know they're bored. They've had enough. And you might say, well, they should be more, would have more uh, willpower than that or whatever. Uh, but, you know... <laughs> your kids and it could be hot this or that read them read your audience and if they're letting you know listen to them uh get keywords up make sure you have a section of that cleared whiteboard uh that's uh that's the, the keywords uh get up the language of maths so put up you hear yourself say a maths term or a word put it up on the board if it's got a matching symbol put that next to the symbol, put, you know, put the symbol next to the word. Like if you're saying triangle, go and write triangle, then draw a triangle next to the word triangle, then kids will go, well, that says triangle. Uh, and be mobile for maths, which we mentioned earlier too, is be up and about, be next to your kids. So they're my big tips, yeah. Yeah, wonderful. And they're great ones that you just don't have to use in numeracy, as you're saying, you can use them. Exactly, every yeah, they work. And I know yeah. I got the keywords one from you from your PD a few years ago. And 
I use that every day, but I don't just use it in numeracy. I'm using it in, in most areas, in reading, writing, inquiry, whatever we might be doing. It's such a great way to build the student's language and particularly in prep, once they've yeah. got it, they keep it. They don't forget that kind of stuff. No, they do, and they love using it. Don't they love using the terms? They just think, listen to me, how, how smart am I? Yeah. I love it when I work in a school and the phys ed is doing keywords and the art teacher, whoever's doing keywords. You know, that's just, so the kids are getting this language everywhere they go in the, in the school it's bloody brilliant mm. most schools aren't most kids aren't held back by uh in, in maths they're not held back by maths they're held back by the terminology of mathematics so uh if we can help that out by just putting up some key words yep yeah excellent and any advice for a graduate teacher starting their career rob probably all the ones we mentioned just mm -hmm. trust your kids don't sound like a teacher would be one of my other big things don't put on a different voice that you use in the staff room or, or you know, outside on, on, a, on a Saturday when you're, you know, down, down doing something like just just be yourself. Just use the same voice. You don't have to use a teacher voice. Teacher voices just annoy the hell out of me. And a lot of times as graduates, oh, I need to sound a bit like this. And they, they just sound like you are. That'll do. Kids will get that. They, they, they see through the other stuff very, very quickly. So, uh, and uh, yeah, get your whiteboard clear. Just, it's the, one of your best things. I know I've been, yeah, you, some of you guys say, yeah, but you know, I've got Rob, you know, you're a bloody dinosaur. You've been around forever. Now, nah, whiteboard got nothing to do with how old you are. It's a very, very cool bit of equipment. Even the year 10, when you write up on the board what they said, they go, hey, hey that's my stuff. He wrote that with his own hands up on the board. That's my stuff. And it's always cool. It's always cool for a kid when you write what record, record, record what they said on a board. Uh, and the other kids are going, oh, I had no idea what the dude was talking about. But now that you put it on the board, yeah. My other advice is get a metre ruler and tape it along the bottom. If you've got a magnetic one, put it up there. And if a kid doesn't understand something, stop talking and just show them on the metre ruler. Use it like a number line. And just say, look, seven plus eight, take away three. Is this jump of seven, a loop of seven? And it's this loop of six or whatever I said. And then it's eight going back the other way. So these go from left to right, and then it goes back right to left. And the kids go, oh man, yeah, I can see that. That's subtraction. Yep, you understand it now. So stop talking, do a number line. That'd yep. be my tips for a, for a first year out. I had a bit of a funny story with a ruler today, Rob. I actually, um, one of what we were talking about the number two in numeracy and all the things we knew about the number two and we're putting yeah. 10 frames and tally marks and unifix blocks and counters and teddy bears and all these different things. I was thinking some great stuff, writing the word number two and yeah. um, $2 coin, all this kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, good one, good one. They thought some great things, but then one of the boys put their hand up and go, oh, whatever that thing is you used last time, You've got to do like a line and you put some numbers on it. <laughs> I said, oh, yes, the ruler. Yep, yep. And we've got to, we're going to do a number line. Yep, love it. We've just got to get the right language, but we're on the right track. Yeah, and so go and put number line in the keywords, Todd, yeah, and do a little yeah. example of one. You bet. Like you're on your I, way. Uh, I, ended up putting, I ended up putting the ruler and I put my magnetic ruler in the keywords <laughs> and then just put ruler <laughs> and then an arrow. That's what it's called. A winner. Absolute winner. Well handled, mate. Very well done. <laughs> But just one of those classic moments with preps. Yeah. And have you got a, a, a moment during a PD session or teaching that you're really proud of, Rob? Uh, no, sometimes when the teacher comes up at the end of a session, just says, that's it, I'm changing and I'm not going back. And you just they say it with such sincerity. You just go, well, I, and often I just make sure that I give them my email address, put them onto the website, just say, keep in contact. 
And because uh, if you're prepared to do that, I'm prepared to support you with whatever you need, activities, advice, you know, ideas, let me know. Uh, because that's that's just, uh, that's so precious. With the kids, I mean, hasn't happened for a couple of years now, but I think three times, remember, I don't know the kids when I teach them, uh, three times over about four years, I had a bit of a run where there was, a, I've had a selective mute kid talk. A free miracle worker, yep. JC. Come on down. Uh, all those years of Marsh Brothers, mother's holier than I thought. But no, it's just been, it's been, uh, it's been fabulous. It's just like, a, like, and oftentimes it's the kids and the teachers who are watching, uh, the kids, the kids and the teachers are observing the lesson, and they, go, oh! and then you know, because Angelina spoke or Joseph spoke, and I'm like, God, I don't know that they're bloody selective mutes. I've got no idea. Like you know, they're just kids in front of me, and like, and I just ask them a question. Like I don't put the, the hands up thing. I, I, I think it's so highly inefficient, and so often just go, "Hey, dude, what do you reckon?" and <laughs> And, this, and they just talk. They must feel like, okay, you know. He's, uh, and often I give I give wait time, so I don't expect an immediate response. I'll, I'll give them time to digest what I've just said, so they can process it. And then the next minute, this kid talks, and you know, I, like I said, I don't know that that, that talking is something you don't do in the classroom or whatever. And the next minute they say, well, could the answer be this? And I go, yeah. But then everybody else, oh god, god Angelina spoke or whatever, you know. So it's uh, that that's been, you know, And now I played very cool, but afterwards I go, oh, how good was that you know and then if you have a debrief after the lesson it's just like oh man yeah, I go, yeah that was pretty powerful but you know you can't sort of make a big fuss because the kids only going to go back to the shell so uh, uh so yeah they've been special i really they've got a buzz out of those ones yeah yeah excellent and you've written many books do you have a favorite uh earn and learn a mess on the go books i love because they're they really you know I, I use them so uh um so uh earn and learn was great so you can't get it anymore but gee that was uh took a lot of writing but it was a it was a, a just this sense of i finally put into words that other people can use now how good that set up that pro it's not a program but how good that concept that thing earn and learn is for uh yeah just for Get your head around, uh, oh, I don't know, get your head around finances, yes, and financial literacy, but there's so much maths in it, but there's so much everything in it, so much literacy in it, so many social values in it. it was a, geez, that was a hoot. And so, yeah, and I wrote one that was called Maths on the Outside. Um, I think I got four copies and I've, uh, I've traced down the other about 17 people who got, if I trace down three more, I'll have everybody bought a copy. So it's, <laughs> Not exactly a bestseller. It was this hideous little bloody A5 size so thing. I don't know what my publisher was thinking. It was, uh, uh, it was, <laughs> but it was great. It was about yeah. setting up a maths trail in your community or in your school and setting up a, uh, a beanbag golf course. So instead of a ball and clubs, you threw a beanbag into a hole. But I had my kids work out what the par would be. So we had par threes, fours and fives. So we set up Royal Deer Park, uh, being bad golf course, 18 holes. And the pro from Sunshine Golf Club came and came and opened it. <laughs> he was only going to stay five minutes. He's got to a bag, he says. He played all 18 holes. Yeah. In the end, in the end, we reckon he cheated to beat Brendan Brown, who had him had him covered on the last hole. We reckon he kicked it into the bucket so they to get a par. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hilarious yeah. fantastic little book 
nobody's bought it and I don't even know where to find it anymore but I love that little book it was, yeah. it was just a cool thing to write yeah, yeah. and you've so, a bit of a buzz writing writing a book that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah yeah. when you're finished it's a great feeling yeah it's a great feeling when you finished it uh, yeah yeah great feeling yeah the first book had that feeling and the last book had that feeling when you've done finished it you look at it and somebody does all the work and it comes out in, in its cover and uh it's just like ah, oh, yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah, bugger all money in it, bugger all money in it for it. Yeah, but uh, uh, um, you know, sometimes that's not the point. You know? mm-hmm. it's, yeah. And if you had a, a PD uh, that you've attended, that's it, not yours, it's been like a real one that's stuck in your mind. Oh, there's been a couple of rippers, but I think anything from Doug Clark. I just, I just admire that that guy. I've learned so much from him. He's uh, Doug Clark. Is is is. Uh, He's wonderful. Uh, and he bags for the D's too, Todd. Uh, so, and, and what's not to like? No, uh, so, and he's just, he's a wonderful person and he's, you know, he, he doesn't worry him to go into a classroom. And uh, uh, so he just has this, and he's, he's smart as, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Doug. So whenever I get a chance and to attend PD, it's not uh, because I'm not giving it, it's uh, at a conference or whatever, I'll, 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 I'll do anything to get into a Doug Clark session. Yep, excellent. And if anyone, Rob, is interested in talking to you after listening to this podcast or they'd like to book in a PD session, uh, how can they go about contacting you? Uh, there's uh, The website's got all the details. So it's uh, uh, the, the email address is rvec, so Rob Vinger, who's Educational Consultancy, so rvec at bigpond.com or... Um, get onto the website and there's plenty of information there are plenty of freebies on the website too there's a lot of lot of stuff share reflection activities on no warm-ups there's a, there's a um yeah there's a heap of gear there no excellent we've uh we've been using some in our prep in our prep planning so yeah highly suggest that you go check out the website there and then also you've just started a facebook uh page as well Yes, yeah. Oh, thank you, Todd, for reminding us about that. Yes, yes. So that's uh, there's uh, some info on uh, on Facebook always, and there's uh, also some stuff about the webinars that are coming up through the year. And yeah, got their first one next week on place value for the uh, foundation of two, and then three to six is the week after. So uh, um, yeah, so that's all on Facebook. But uh, yeah, awesome. And are you being able to go back into schools, or are you still having to do online stuff, Rob? No, no, I was back at uh, Keysborough Primary School last week and in classrooms, uh, loved it. Yeah, it was great fun getting back in the rooms again and uh, I'm out to a, a school, the basin out in near uh, Dandenong, the, the, the Dandenong Hills tomorrow. So, uh, and yeah, three days this week. So uh, back in classrooms in the next three days, as long as nothing happens. Uh, yeah, with an outbreak or something or somebody's get COVID or I get it or something, I don't know. So it's a... That's a bit of dice. As all you teachers know, it's a bit of dicing with bloody Russian roulette with schools at the moment. But God, at least they're open and at least it looks like they're going to stay that way. Whatever happens, not that's a good attitude in some ways. But uh, gee, tough time to be in education. But um, yeah, I think if we all hang in there, we'll get through it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, we're. Uh, I feel just very lucky each day you're able to go to school. Yeah, and, uh, yeah everything all clear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I feel too. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So, Rob, before we finish, and I thank you so much for your time, are you able to play a quick little game with me? Yeah, what is it? It's called just a one-word association with Todd, or we can have, it doesn't have to be one word. If you want to have one sentence as well, that's okay. All right, this is blind. He's sent me nothing, everybody, so I don't know what's going on here. The fear of the unknown, but I'm going to be ready to take a risk. Go, Todd. Excellent. So if I say the word coffee, what comes to your mind straight away? 
Oh, two birds. Scafe just written, just down the road. I've moved into funky, trendy Fitzroy now, mate. So you know, there's, yeah. I'm spoiled for choice. Two birds, great coffee. Yeah, excellent. No time excellent. for instant. That's three words, but no time for instant. Gone. <laughs> Love it. Oh, I'm very much the same with you there, Rob. Uh, teaching. God, Todd. Uh, um, teaching. One word. Teaching. Engage. Staff meetings. <laughs> this is your bugger. This is uh, uh, staff meetings. Uh, tough. Yard duty. Oh, can be fun. Winter. Footy. Speckies over the kids. <laughs> Hold the ball up in the air. A lot of words there, but yeah, speckies. I'll sum up yard duty by speckies. You should be doing yard duty. I know that, but you know, you can't take a mark over a kid while you're doing it. Yeah, what's the point? We've got eyes in the back of our head, Rob. So yeah, that's right. We always see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, numeracy or mass? So, so useful. Mm -hmm. The staff room? Fun. Should be. Should be fun. Yappy. Noisy. If they aren't, I don't trust them. Mm. I don't trust the school that I'm in. If they're, if they're, I've got a bloody sombre uh, staff room, mm, something's not right. Yep. Well, ours, I think you've been to our staff room. Ours is pretty yes, yappy. It, it's yappy. It's yappy. It's noisy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, school holidays? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect response. Uh, professional development? Should be good. Should be useful. Should be practical. Should be practical. There's my one word. First of all, practical. And lucky last one, the Melbourne Football Club. Oh, I can't swear, but it was you. <laughs> you. Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well done, Rob. I, uh, yeah, excellent job there. I didn't give you any preparation, so uh, great job. Well done. I'll say uh, <laughs> Thanks, excellent mate. work. <laughs> Good on you, Todd. Yeah, and that is actually the end of the podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you so much, Rob, uh, for coming on to the podcast. And I also just want to say thank you for coming into my classroom and coming to our school and doing those PD sessions. I know um, a lot of the stuff that you've mentioned and a lot of the stuff that I've got to witness with you has really helped me develop as a teacher uh, and a lot of things that you've, you've done with me uh, and during our school school sessions that I've been able to implement into my room and continue to implement. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and thank you for the amazing work that you're doing, not just at our school, but many schools around Australia and, and giving what you do to all those students as well. So I just want to say thank you very much. Oh, that was lovely, Todd. I really, no, I really appreciate your words there and how well you sort of articulated that. So uh, no, thank you. Much, much appreciated. Well, it was a bit humbling, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And thanks for the chance to coming on to do a podcast with a fellow D supporter. Oh, yes. <laughs> Couldn't say no. Oh, exactly right. And I know I, I did message you in the holidays and it was like the first thing I said. <laughs> what about our bees, Rob? Listen, I want to see your tattoo, remember? Like we're going to have a tat off when, yeah. we, when we get together again. <laughs> It'll be the yeah. tat off. Absolutely. But yes, so all the best getting the tat. So yeah, same with yours. I'll look okay, we'll, we'll send some texts. So I'll, uh, yeah, love it. I'll take mine up really close so it looks bigger than it really is. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Very good.
But I'll let you go, Rob. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and I'll see you soon. All right, my pleasure. Good luck, everyone, with the year ahead. See ya. See ya. And that is the end of episode 14 of the Toddcast. What a privilege it was to have Rob on to the Toddcast today. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. It was great hearing all his thoughts and ideas and also taking a deeper look into numeracy as well. I can't wait for you to join me again in a couple of weeks' time for the next episode of the Toddcast. Until then, see you later.